Jose, how you doing, buddy? You doing okay? I'm hanging in there, man. How are you? I am doing all right. We are live and getting this bad boy up and running. For those of you that are watching live on Facebook, make sure you comment. I can see your comments. And those of you that are listening on the audio side of things, I truly appreciate you guys checking out the Raheel Show podcast. If you have any issues, please let me know because we have switched providers. We are on anchor.fm. And we've had some issues recently trying to get this on iTunes and all that good stuff. So if you have any issues, you let me know. Yes, you are going to be hearing an ad before this episode. You probably already heard it if you're listening on the audio. But let's get this bad boy up and running. The Real Show podcast is brought to you by you. It is a user-supported podcast. Not you, Jose, but the you in usted form, right? Is that right, the usted form? Is that the right form where it's everyone? When I'm not just specifically talking about you, it's brought to you by you. Because it is a user-supported podcast, all you have to do is get your Venmo app out, donate $1. I promise you guys, I see the numbers. I know people are listening. And if everyone donated just $1, this podcast can get bigger and better. That's all you have to do. Big thanks to Blake DeArmond, who donated this week. My cousin, Asad, who donated. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Got uh, TJ, who also donated, and then a big, big thank you to Kyle Beckley, who donated as well this past week. I don't want big donations, guys. I just want a dollar. That's it. If you enjoyed the podcast, donate a dollar. No big deal. All right, tonight we've got Jose Partida. What to do, baby? This Wednesday, I got Julia Morales joining me for a quick chat, catching up with her. Big news on the Julia front. She's pregnant, so there's a kid coming. What? That's going to be awesome. So I'll talk to her about that. And then Friday is a new feature I'm going to be doing, Jose, called Wild Card Friday. And people are going to love this one. It's going to be an interview. It's going to be somebody that we have no idea what's going to happen. We're just going to learn about something new. Wild Card Fridays on the Raheel Show podcast. Subscribe. Make sure you're spreading the podcast. All right. Commercials are done. Jose. Hey, Thank buddy. you for waiting. Thank you. We were supposed to do this at 8.30 p.m. For those of you that are watching live right now, you can tell it's a little bit later. Uh, for those of you on the audio front, what happened was yeah, I – Yeah, so this past weekend I went to Frank Bullington's house, my, my buddy Frank, and he had an extra pressure washer. And he's like, why don't you just take it, borrow it, do what you need to. You've got a lot of free time since you don't have a job. and i got it going all right and guess what happened i lost track of time so my bad jose you good man you're pressure washing now what did you wash the driveway i did the garage today and then the driveway i did four portions of the driveway i still have three (laughs) more portions left i'm gonna do the sidewalks and then my big project is doing the fence everyone it's so funny you walk around my neighborhood and all the fences look brand new because every single person has power washed. Uh, did I say pressure wash? Power washed the entire neighborhood. It's awesome. And I think I'm the only one left. I'm so bored, Jose. I'm going to do my neighbor's fence as well because I accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally started his fence today. And I was like, whoops, I can't just do one pillar and leave it. But he's never so I'll just do his outside too, like just uh, like his door that connects to mine. So that's what's been happening. That's why we're a little late. Can I give one more shout out? Drake Eckert is in the house. He is the person that uh, does the new music for the podcast. So if you listen to the David Nuno episode, you heard some new music on the, the podcast. Intro music, yeah. yeah, the intro music that was Drake. He was a, a listener. He said, "Dude, I want to do your intro music for the for the relaunch of the Raheel Show podcast season three. And uh, we are up and running. So Drake, thank you so much. Jose, how was your Monday, man? How was it over there at the station? It's weird, man. It's it's quiet. It's it's very quiet over there. Wait, but we, I got to pause one second before I answer that question. If we're on season three, where's my rego, uh, rego, reno, rego, re, re, well, I can't I can't talk. Residuals. I need to renegotiate my contract. Oh, your contract. Yeah, All right. Bro. All right. What if I gave you this? All right. I'm gonna send you five dollars. No, I don't want your money. No, I'm just messy. Yeah, you better not. I'm broke, bro. I got no job. You have a job. Jose, where's my contract? Hold on. Let's redo this. I can't take your money. 
<laughs> no, we got you, bro. We're, we're gonna figure it out, man. I, I tr- you you messaged me and you're like, uh, actually, I saw you at the station. And you're like, so what are we gonna do with the podcast? And I was like, what do you mean? You're still yeah. gonna be a part of it. Just because I'm not working there doesn't mean you aren't a part of it. You're gonna be a part of it. Whenever I thought you, you, know, you were gonna go somewhere else and find a new apprentice and kind of forget about me, you know? I, no, I understood it. Find a new uh, a new little project. No new way, new man. You're my little buddy always. Like <laughs> Nuno, I'm Nuno's little buddy. You're my little buddy. So we're going to continue doing this. We're going to try to do it once every week, maybe once every two weeks, whatever it is you are going to be on. And, and the reason I want you to stay on is, one, you're my friend, of course. You know, we went from a mentor apprenticeship to you, you are my friend. And I want to catch up with you. Uh, I want to know what's happening in your world. You bring a good insight and perspective that I don't have. So uh, I think the listeners appreciate that as well. Um, and I want to uh, I like I want to see you succeed. I want to see you doing, you know, other things. I know how the producer life can get where you're just doing your show. It's you know, you're just falling into that grind of all right show home show home this um, is still here for you when you just want to talk some mess man and be a part of it i appreciate that man that means a lot yeah it was hard man i saw you on friday I, I came by the station to pick up my stuff and saw you and andrew aka beautiful andrew aka don't wash his hands andrew aka uh, don't sanitize uh anything am, andrew am i allowed to still call him beautiful andrew or is, is it like even more acceptable now because he's not uh, my co-worker Oh, now you can you can be uh, you could talk more shit. I feel like like you could you could be more more blunt. Like you could say sexy Andrew if you wanted to. Ooh, I don't think he's that, sexy. That's your thing. That's your thing, man. I Maybe. think you just slipped. I think you just. I think you find Andrew to be sexy when no, he's just beautiful. Sexy. He doesn't sanitize. That's disgusting. Why would I no. find that sexy? I mean, like there's certain people that are just beautiful people. They don't have to be sexy. Well, Andrew is just beautiful. Well, tomato <laughs> tomato. So how was your Monday there, man? What was it? What was it like? I know the mood was down last week. Obviously, two people were let go at the station at ESPN Houston, Gal Media. For those of you that don't know, uh, I was let go of my job um, because of COVID-19. I guess this is what I'm supposed to say. Hashtag F COVID-19 and all that stuff. Yeah. To me, it's like, look, man, it happened. Oh, well, I hope people stay safe and people, uh, you know, I wish people would stop dying from this because it sucks. But that's all you can hope for. Uh, obviously, I think, is, are there people that are going, yeah, go COVID-19? I think we can all agree we all are in the same boat in terms of, yeah, yeah. F COVID-19. No, I get a, I mean, it's it's been, I, I will say, like, when when did you... Because you reached out to me the day before it was announced formally, the night before, mm-hmm. and I was like, like frozen, like I I didn't know how to respond to that, and it didn't really hit hit me until like you started openly talking about it, and I was like, fuck, like everything's changing, like I've like, like I've I've had since I've been there, and one of the beautiful things about like working at at uh, at Gal Media has been the support system that I had, and slowly but surely, for different reasons, it's been going away, so it's kind of been like learning to fly on my own, which is part of life, right? Eventually everyone has to learn how to do things on their own, not need to rely on other people. So losing you was like, shit, like it's, it's, it's trimming down, man. But, uh, uh, it it was, it was really, it's, it's, it was really hard and really confusing on, uh, the, the, I guess your first day, your, your last day was Wednesday, right? So Thursday, everyone, everyone was in a shady mood. Like no one was really talking and definitely me. I wasn't in the mood to talk to anyone about anything. It was really weird. You know, as, yeah, as like time goes on, the beautiful thing about this is going to be for you specifically that you are now in a point in your career where you are going to build that coaching tree, unquote, quote unquote, right? Where right. you get to be somebody, you are somebody's safety net, right? You are going to help uh, create a support system for somebody that's on the rise. And right. that cycle is going to continue. And that's part of life, man, where people leave, you know, nobody stays in one place uh, at at all times, you know, like it's just part of life. You're right. But you're going to recreate that feeling where you are going to be the safety net for whoever it is at the station. Right. And it's hard now. There's no interns because nobody can come in or out and all that stuff. But as we move forward and time, you know, moves on, the other thing is people are going to forget. 
that's what happens. Like it sucks when people are let go, but I think people will forget and you just find a new normal like everyone will. But it's up to you now where you are going to create that cycle of who am I going to help out? Who am I going to help make things easier for and provide some guidance, you know, that and and, and look, I'm still going to be giving you some shitty advice. <laughs> I still get advice from all of my mentors. That's just that's the cool thing about life is that creating that network, creating that yeah. bond of uh, of of love and making sure everything is good, man, making sure other people succeed. And that's the beautiful thing. That's what's going to happen from this. Yeah. And and if I could do that for just one person, because I've had I've made some incredible friendships and I've made I've there's a lot of people who I look up to in and out of this industry, like you and, and John Lee, who who left last year, who left Scale Media last year. Like if I can repay one person the way you guys have done that for me, I'd be completely satisfied. And yeah, yeah it, it's like it's, it's part of growing up and I'm I'm ready to accept that challenge, I guess, which I, I, isn't really a challenge. It's just part of yeah. life. You know? That's like I, I wish other people would realize that sooner. I wish, you know, but it's hard because when you're younger, you don't know as many things you think you do, but you don't, you're, yeah. you are focused on your own goals, your own career and nothing else. Like it's life and career, it got better when you start giving back more, when you start sure. making sure other people are great in, you know, are, are in a great position as well. That's yeah. when it's, that's when it's fun. And I don't know, you, you can, you can attest to this as well like i feel like it's it's hard in this industry as well because it's so cutthroat it's so competitive there's only a limited amount of slots so it feels mm -hmm. and you get you get pretty jaded pretty easily if if uh if you're not careful and you don't build those relationships or those friendships i feel like so yeah it, it's a uh, it's an interesting time man yeah it is it's it's harder when you can't control anything. Yeah, right? dude, like, tell me the fuck about it. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Like, I, I actually, I can't imagine because I was in that same place like everyone else is right now in, um, you know, across most media companies yeah. where it's just hard, man. It's hard because you don't know if tomorrow is your day that you won't have a job because when there's no advertising, there's no money coming in. This isn't just at Gal Media. This is across most places when there's no money coming in and money is going out from the company, paying talent, paying producers. It's a bad business model. It doesn't work. There's no other way around it. Like there's nothing you can do about it. So that that stress of, man, you know, this is it. And, and, and I told you before, I knew June 1st was going to be an important date yeah, because that was a day we were all going to regroup and figure out what are the next steps, right? Because we all met in March and by we, I mean, uh, my manager and, and my programming director, AJ, who's been awesome in all of this, um, you know, like it's not his fault or anything like that. So, you know, we all met, we, we discussed a plan for the next two months. We're going to meet June 1st, figure out the next steps. And I told my wife, I, I told you as well. I told Cody that, I think June 1st, there's going to be either we're going to get fired or laid off or we're going to be OK. There's no in between. So there's still, you know, there, there's still a lot left in this as sports still aren't coming back. There's there's we don't know when the latest. I mean, the latest news is baseball is looking at coming back around July 1st, July 4th. NBA, they're getting back into workouts, but who knows when they're going to get back in. Is just an uncertain time, and it's nobody's fault. Well, it's it's somebody's fault. <laughs> yeah, your fault for not figuring out the cure for COVID nineteen when you knew about it, Jose. Why were you waiting, Jose? Huh? What's wrong with you, Jose? <laughs> I got lazy. I started watching Ozark, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> Holy shit, this is pretty good. Where has yeah. where has it been? It's so funny. The beginning of the beginning of this, you know, shelter in place is like, okay, cool. I got goals. I'm going to figure out, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to read this. I'm going to accomplish this around the house. And now once you get laid off, it's, I have a date where I know where I'm not going to have money coming in right yeah. after my severance runs out. And I'm just like, man, this is going to be the most stressful thing ever right now. It's okay. I'm, it, things are going to be okay. Things are going to be okay. But there's that, that date that date and it's so stressful man yeah, so it, like now i can't even have fun like my rewatch of breaking bad is stressed out i'm like man i think Maybe I, 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 yeah. 
maybe there's a maybe there's a cleaner alternative to uh, crack cocaine. <laughs> Who knows? You know, uh, but things will be fine. We, I keep telling myself that, and I think they will be fine. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's nuts. And I heard Fred talking about everything, and Fred. Fred Fowler, who's on ESPN Houston, for those of you that are listening who don't know, he, you know, he pretty much said the same thing. He's like, dude, nobody knows, man. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's it's just hard to predict any of this when it comes to the money, when it comes to the advertising side, all that stuff. So, you know, what what do you do? What do you do? You watch more Ozark, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got some questions coming in. So thank you, everyone, that's uh, on Facebook. And if you're listening on the audio side, you can stream live as well. You can find the schedule of podcasts on Facebook.com slash Raheel Doing Things. Patrick, uh, Patrick Curry says, with all that being said, how do you change the business model? How do media companies survive without advertising? <laughs> that's That's a tough one, man. Uh, I really don't know how you need money coming in somehow, some way. And, and the traditional model, which has always worked is we are going to put on a show. We're going to bring in a bunch of people that are interested in the show and thus interested in the person. And then the person will talk about a product or they're going to hear about a product and they want to go buy that product. That model is is fine. That model is perfectly fine. But when there's no advertising dollars, yes, how do you recreate something, right? It's hard. How do you go up to somebody and go, hey, I need a million dollars to do a show, put together a lineup, and we're just going to put out good content. And the only way you're going to make money back is, I guess, by user-supported content like The Athletic. That's a business model that seems to be working. Um, but how do you get people to pay for radio? How do you get people to pay for TV? You've got Netflix. Are you going to do a nightly show on Netflix across 600 markets? That's hard to do. Or do you now start leaning towards, we're all going to be doing podcasts and the podcast is going to be user supported, right? It's hard. That That's a tough sell. Look, you guys see it scrolling on there. Donate $1. Nobody wants to donate a dollar because that is extra work when I can still consume it for free. There's going to be other things as well, like OnlyFans. The premise of OnlyFans and Patreon work, where do you want my content? Cool. You got to pay $5.99 a month. Do you want exclusive content in terms of podcasting, video breakdowns? I know Scouting with Brian does that, but even he's having a hard time with great content because we are now in an age of free information why am i going to pay for something when i can go get it for free and get an opinion that's probably as good it's a tough sell you're gonna go into only fans aren't you i probably am <laughs> that's gonna be your move <laughs> at, at this point i will try anything because i i just want to figure out i want to figure out how i can be the next ryan unboxing things or blippy or somebody and like you see these people making 20 million dollars off of youtube stuff why not me, Jose? The original intention of OnlyFans was not what it's become, was it? It can't be. Like, that wasn't what someone envisioned for it, was it? Because now I, I everyone uses it, uses it to sell, like, their nudes and shit. Because Patreon was around at the same time. It's still around. And it seems like yeah. Patreon is more for the, you know, professional side. It's almost like the athletic versus barstool sports. Are you saying uh, OnlyFans is unprofessional? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not saying that. But if you want to learn more about it, in the episodes list of the Raheel Show podcast, catch my interview with Meredith For Real. She is on OnlyFans, and she is a content creator on Instagram as well. So you can learn about that. No, I'm not saying it's not professional, but there is is an undertone of you're probably going to get some pornography on there. Oh, are you? Interesting. Yeah. So – if you want cool uh, basketball breakdowns, you go to Patreon. You want uh, a Thirsty Thursday, then you go on uh, OnlyFans. Eric said he would pay to not see you doing OnlyFans. So if that's the case, Eric, uh, send a dollar to the Venmo, buddy. Yeah, do that. Because if you don't, guess <laughs> what? I'm going to end up doing yeah. stuff. <laughs> He's going to have to do an OnlyFans. If you don't send a dollar, I mean, what do you want, Eric? I mean, that, that's what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> 
Okay, so we. By the way, the podcast is now available on Anchor and iTunes. It's still up there. It should be good. We're gonna be doing live stream for those of you that are listening. Uh, here's what I've been up to, Jose. I want to go through this with you. So on, I get let go on Wednesday. That was my last day. Uh, Thursday, of course, I'm firing off emails. I'm tightening up my yeah. my resume tape and all that. I'm reaching out to people. I got in touch with a lot of people, which is awesome, and one of my friends from Movember who, um, you know, or excuse me, she was, uh, she works as her PR director there. And she reached out to me. She's like, Hey, do you want to, do you have any interest in doing a commercial again for Movember? Oh, shit. And, and I was like, yeah, what do you need? And, you know, they're making a cool commercial about how we're all connecting via zoom and FaceTime and all that. And I said, like, yeah, man, I would, I, I would love to do that. So Your I said, it isn't going to be the only thing that's connecting. Ooh, got them. Make sure you donate to Movember in November. <laughs> Until then, podcast at Real Podcast on Venmo. Uh, so we get, uh, so I send off a resume or an audition tape to her. I'm like, here you go. Here's, you know, here's what you need. And then I just thought it was them like putting it together in house. Like if I would edit the thing, then a production company calls me. He's like, hey, we really love your stuff. Are you, can, are you free for a call Saturday morning? Can you shoot on Monday? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I want to be part of this commercial. I didn't ask him. I was like, hey, is it paid? <laughs> are you guys going to pay this time? Or what's the, what's the deal? Uh, Wait, no, I don't think I'm getting paid for it. And it's oh, all right. I'll just I'll just uh, write it off in my heart as a charity. Only uh, fans don't come donation. back on your heel. Yeah, it's a charitable donation of time, I guess. Yeah, uh, but no, it's, it'll be cool. So today I shot that commercial off of my phone and off Ooh. of uh, my computer. So uh, I did that. And I was up to that, and then I just been emailing a lot of people. But it's hard, man. There's no jobs out there. Like, what else do you do, right? Pressure wash. Just go pressure wash everyone's stuff in the in the neighborhood. That's the next plan. I really, I, I truly am interested in pressure washing. If I can, if I can figure out the ins and outs, the, uh, the proper way to do it, like a professional, I might just end up becoming a pressure washer with a podcast. Who knows? I don't know. What's gonna happen. Uh, then the saddest thing I did was on Wednesday, I got an email from the uh, UT School of Communications, Moody Communications. And they're like, hey, we're reaching out to alumni and we just want them to film something for students because they're going to be doing a virtual graduation. Could you just congratulate the kids? And I'm like, fuck them kids. I was like, do you want to hear from a uh, from a deadbeat with no job right now? (laughs) Is that what you want to hear? (laughs) So I I put on I put on a shirt and and uh, actually did that. I put on a collared shirt for the first time in uh, in two months. How'd that go for you? Did you cry in the video? I was. I wanted to say, students, why did you get into the communications field when you could have done science and figured out the cure for COVID nineteen? What is wrong with you? You so I would still have a job. <laughs> I would still have a job if it wasn't for you. Uh, yeah, I did it. Of course, I did it. It was quick. It was literally this. Students, congratulations on all your hard work. Hook them. <laughs> That was it. That's all I said. <laughs> if you saw my getup, I look like I look like every frat guy at a UT game on a Saturday. Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> I look collared, burnt orange shirt with the emblem right there, high button. You know, I, I had the beard. I had to shave the beard for the November thing, but I still had the beard, hair to the side, ready to go. <laughs> uh, how short were your shorts you were wearing? Um, no How joke. Above the knee? Uh, they were probably mid thigh. <sighs> yeah. What? Mid thighs, baby. You went. You went. You went full fret, bro. Yeah, thighs for the guys. I mean, I, I don't. I don't like it, but I gotta respect it, though. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some uh pop culture news with Jose. I got my Jesus is King vinyl. Your gas station mixtape looking shit. <laughs> Bro, was that the worst looking thing ever? It's atrocious, man. It's it's here here's the thing with like and first off, the vinyls now when artists do like these these exclusive uh website drops, they take forever. They take forever to arrive and they they do it like to get generate more sales on on uh the Billboard chart. That's why Travis Scott 
uh, always is always able to to uh, to chart so high because when he sells merch, which is what he's really good at selling, uh, he he adds a, a an MP3 to that shirt sale, meaning it counts as a sale of a, of, a, of a song, which pushes you up in the charts. Which I, I think we've we've talked about that several times. So it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of, it's 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 kind of annoying how sloppy they are with a lot of these things. Cause it take they take forever to arrive, and then the one you you got for uh, Jesus is King is the sloppiest, like worst one I've ever seen. And the it, weird thing is, it didn't even include a digital download. I guess it was sent to me via email, and I just probably got it via email. Yeah, I just never took advantage of it because I'm. Why am I going to download it when I can just stream it? I'm already paying ten bucks a month for streaming. Yeah, I don't need it in my. I don't need it in my um in my library because the cool thing about streaming, which everyone knows this by now you can save music so if you're flying you just save the albums you want and that's it like greg, greg says the weekend has a six month wait on the vinyl i just ordered yep uh tyler creator's album igor i got a special cover one i think it's a purple or or a, uh, a green or a pink vinyl and it took me forever to get it like it took months for me to get it so that's kind of like the game now if you're buying a vinyl from an artist that's just it, how it is it was sad because all the, you know, and I read the, was it the GQ interview with Kanye that he just did where he's talking about that. it? Yeah, it was GQ. It was really good. It's a, it's an interesting look at just how full of Kanye can get at times. And like this new Kanye, he's not the Kanye that we all grew up on. We've talked about this so much. Yeah. Um, he's not, he's not the first five album Kanye. This is a different person and people evolve. So I'm not hating on this. I'm not turning this into Oh, Kanye's a sellout and all that. I yeah, I do miss the old Kanye, but this new Kanye is is who he is. I mean, you guys probably would hate me if I was still the same person I was when I was 27, 25, whatever it is. People grow up, people change their views, and sometimes they don't like their views don't align with yours, and you don't have to agree with them, and that's fine. But the whole thing that Kanye, what I really liked about the whole interview was how he's focused on the details, how he's focused on the bigger picture. And then he sends out a freaking bootleg <laughs> gas station vinyl that was set yeah. in a freaking plastic sleeve and a Kinko's printout. Like, that's the only <laughs> way to describe it. It was so sad. And, so and when you look at Yeez, the actual Yeezy shoes are high quality. They're good shoes. Made him, made, made him a billionaire, apparently. Yeah, like when you when you pick up a pair of two hundred and thirty eight dollar Yeezys, if you buy them at retail, I ne I've never got the feeling of ah these are low quality shoes, and we've gotten the feeling of that from certain products. Yeah, that's what was sad. It was like, man, you can't talk about this high quality stuff and a big vision and attention to details, and then send out this bootleg gas station vinyl. That's kind of what his his music has been, though. Like, it's not about the part of the reason. Like, I loved his music so much was that attention to detail. Like, just think about like, and I was just talking about this with with Gio Lopez, one of my best friends, the other day. Uh, on my birthday, actually, we were talking about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Like, the attention to detail in every single fucking song. Like, think about all the artists that are on all of the lights. Like, that's not who he is anymore. That's not like his music isn't like really detail oriented anymore. And I don't know. That's part of the reason I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. I disagree. The lyrics aren't that deep. But the more I listen to Jesus as King on headphones and like really sitting down and listening to it, man, the layering, the production value is still top notch. I just It's just not the same to me. Maybe it's not that, but it's just. It's... Is it because he's MAGA? Is that why you hurt? That's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is. It's absolutely part of it. Yeah. Uh, Hey, we're on Twitter as well. Lamont is listening. Our man, uh, Political Lamont, thank you so much for listening. He says, LMAO, laughing my ass off. Do you want to hear from a deadbeat with no job right now? And I'm so happy you're in good spirits. Uh, and then he also said that his son got his job back with Old Navy. He's the first dude that he's seen that got laid off and got his job back. So that's interesting. You know, people, you know, as, as companies start rehiring and start, uh, excuse me, start opening back up, Maybe some of these jobs will start coming back, but you know when you when you hear from people within the White House and in the government saying that 
it's only going to get worse. It's only May 11th. It feels like it's November 30th, by the way. <sighs> I wish this year would just end um, for tax purposes, more importantly. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to file my taxes. I was I was like, man, is this stimulus check ever going to hit? What's going to happen? So I never filed my taxes. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for the stimulus check. If anybody deserves it, it's me, President Trump. <laughs> Hook your boy up, all right? Um, what was I saying? But yeah, as more companies start opening up, maybe we will get back into it. Maybe people will start uh, getting their jobs back. And and I'm rooting for everybody, man. I want people to be back in there. Look, I'm not special. I'm just like 30 million plus people, all right? It's just my job is a little bit more public. And David Barron finally wrote about me. What's up? And here's a big boy. Did you see my picture? You looking thick? Yeah. Oh, man, I was looking thick. How about you show me running? Like, you know, <laughs> about a little wide shot, not a tight, thick boy shot. It was that was from the charity game. Yeah. And this is a true story on that game. That game, my wife and I ate chili the night before. Oh. She made chili with turkey, with turkey meat. Yeah. Great. I mean, it was delicious chili. She and I got deathly sick. I mean, to the point where I went to work. I got back. She didn't even go to work. We were we looked like two addicts strung out oh on our goodness. beds. Like we could not move. We were that sick. And I had that charity game that same night on Monday night. And she's like, "Are you gonna go?" And I was like, "I have to go because if I don't go, I, my charity will not get a donation from Reliant. Like oh, if you don't play it, I don't think they were gonna donate. And the charity that I play for is a small charity, so they're donating you know, like this donation's important. And then plus they were giving additional money for the most valuable player. Which you had won the year before, right? Yeah, I had won it, so I'm defending that and I felt really good. I was gonna win it again. So I was like, I can't uh, I can't no, I sorry, I didn't win that in twenty eighteen I did uh twenty seventeen I didn't win. So I was trying to get the most valuable player award mm. that year. And I really wanted to win it for my charity. And I really wanted to win a prize that comes along with it. Well, that was your up, flu game. Huh? That was your flu game. That was my flu game. That was my worse than a flu game. That was my <laughs> diarrhea game. Dude, I'm you not even joking. So on the way there, we stop at a CVS. Oh, no. I pick up some anti-diarrhea medicine. I chug it. I get to the cool. bubble and my stomach is a is just bubbling. I mean, oh. we, I was struggling, man. And then finally, I went to the bathroom, the same bathroom that JJ Watt probably uses before practice. What's up? I did what I needed to do. I get out, I play, and I literally get in the car and I faint. I'm just like, I can't move. Was I cannot weird? move. My wife had to pick me up like Scottie Pippen. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was my thick boy picture that's why i look so rough in that picture yeah, you do look rough. i literally was like throwing up oh, everything's coming out the, uh, that that game started at 6 p.m 5 55 i'm still in the bathroom that's how bad it was but your boy needed to cash that check for the charity so i did oh, it shit. yeah so uh sammy never told me that story yeah here's a good comment Sammy says, food poison Raheel equals flu game Jordan. Another chapter in the Raheel last dance documentary. <laughs> Sammy th- Sammy's comments have kept me sane. I'm not even lying. Sammy, thank you so much for all the funny-ass comments on Twitter. Sammy in the cut, man. Thank you so much. It's hilarious. Shout out Sammy. Dude, he is, one of, he is our biggest fan, I think. He is. El Jefe, El Jefe. By the way, happy birthday to happy El Jefe. Happy birthday, Joshi. Thank you so much for uh, everything you've done, man. We appreciate that. Uh, all the support. But he is such a big fan. Sammy in the cut is hilarious, man. Um, so thank you for that, buddy. Okay. Um, speaking of Jordan, Jose, I need to get your thoughts on this. What's up, man? How are yeah. you feeling about the Last Dance documentary? Uh, be honest. Don't don't buy into the Twitter propaganda. Yeah. Don't yeah, buy yeah. into like what you should be feeling. How is Jose Partita feeling about the Last Dance documentary right now? A lot of it just doesn't feel like new information anymore. Like, I was really looking forward to the the Jordan Brand episode and the Dream Team episode. But other than the the way they freaking bullied Tony Kukoc, like, none of it was really new information for me. So I was a little let down by that. And and maybe that's a product of how, like, invested I've always been into, like, Stevie Culture, which they spent a lot of episode five on. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I did enjoy these last two episodes, but now it's just becoming like it is a little much. I, I these these last two episodes were my uh, probably my the ones I've liked the most since the first two because I love the first two. The first two were incredible to me, yeah. and maybe that's just the product of how thirsty we were all for it. But it just kind of feels like I don't want to call it propaganda because I feel like that's maybe that's me being dramatic about it. But it kind of just feels like we're not getting the whole story anymore, and maybe we've we've never been getting the whole story about stuff. It is propaganda. When you are seven and you're in the seventh episode, the seventh episode was actually pretty good. Like I enjoyed the first part of it. The baseball one. The baseball one, yeah. With you know, with his dad, the death, all of right. that. Learning about uh, learning about some more details behind that. Um, the baseball side of things. Which side note? Why was his workout inside a basketball gym? Has anybody figured that out? Has anybody asked Michael or anybody? Why are you taking grounders on a wood floor wearing Jordan? I think he was wearing 11s, right? I don't remember. <laughs> it's like, man, okay, cool. We get it. The propaganda side of things for me is, yes, Jordan is super competitive. I think he's the most competitive athlete ever. He is a legend. But now it's getting to the point where literally we are making fun of this, where He's taking a guy has a good game one night on a on a back to back, then the next night he's like, oh, his ass is mine. Or I'm fucking his ass. Yeah, or BJ Armstrong celebrating a big playoff performance, yeah. and then Michael is just like, okay, it's time. Or in practice, like if somebody hits a jumper, it's like I'm gonna go take your firstborn and and hope that your wife never sees you again. Like <laughs> Michael, we get it. It's. We get it. Like, yes, you are super competitive. But did we not know that in the previous six episodes? George like, Orwell didn't say hi to me. Fuck him. He's dead. Yeah, George. Okay, but flip it. If George Carl had said hi to Michael Jordan, I bet it's a story in the documentary where Michael's like, yeah, That's man. I knew, yeah, <laughs> I knew it was over that George Carl was saying hi to me before the motherfucking NBA finals. You're coming to say hi to me? That's why I knew it. <laughs> That's why I knew that he didn't have the heart of a champion, that his team didn't know how to win. It's like no matter what, you can spin a winning story because you're the most winning player ever. You are Michael freaking Jordan. You won six championships. You're six for six. You could have literally said George Carl sent a, a bottle of wine over, came and said hi to him, dropped off a present, and he could have still turned it into – and that's why I knew we were going to win that series. <laughs> knew it. Like What? Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, man, I, I, I have enjoyed it, but it, it, it gets to the point where it's just, it's, it's like, he, it's, it's like he's become a joke. Like it's a satire of like, what's the, what's the next thing? Like, what's the next, what's the next like thing he's going to find, make a competitive edge out of, out of what's that Sixers player he talks about that he totally made, made a story up about like, yeah. Why didn't they show Iverson crossing Jordan over? Because they're going back in time in 96. They should have shown the crossover. They, How do you feel about the time jump stuff? At first it didn't bother me, but it's starting to annoy me. It, Okay, when I when they took – do that. Okay, so spoiler alert for those of you that aren't aware of what happened. They end up winning the 98 Eastern <laughs> Conference Finals. Yeah, Michael Jordan and the Bulls end up winning the 98 Eastern Conference Finals, and they go on to beat the Utah Jazz. Uh, on one of the most iconic shots ever. Spoiler alert, sorry. Tune back in right now. But that Pacers Bull series, I remember that one. Like I was hyped for that one. They that Pacers team was freaking legit. That was the team that was gonna ruin everything. Reggie Miller was on top of his game. Every time he shot the ball, it looked like it was it wasn't even hitting rim. It was that dead on. Um but when they teased that in the beginning and then spent the whole freaking episode backtracking and traveling in time, I got annoyed. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I like this is enough. I can't do this anymore. Just stay on the time. Like, cause this is about, I get it, it's about the whole dynasty, it's about the whole run. But now there's only three episodes left. Dude. So either you, uh, two episodes, excuse me. But no, I'm talking about episode seven. Sorry, right, right, yeah. Uh, sorry, episode eight, nine, and 10. At this point, you only have three episodes to get through a lot. 
maybe you don't need 10 episodes or maybe you're wasting time. So I don't know. I, I like I still love it. I'm still going to watch it. That montage at the end of episode 7 was phenomenal where Jordan is crying talking about how much he wants to win. That was beautiful. That was great. Like that was a, a freaking production. That was great. It was put together perfectly. You could have put that in the first episode and we'd have been like, dude, Jordan's super competitive. <laughs> like, yeah, I get the, it. The montages have been some of my favorite aspects of it because they've chosen, like, really good music for them. Uh, yes. F.A. says the best thing to come out of the documentary is waiting for the episodes to end to see what cho- the chosen mean for the week is. We've talked oh about God. that. Like, NBA Twitter is, like, is incredible. Like, the best sports Twitter is NBA Twitter. Yeah, it's the most fun. It's the most memeable Twitter out there. The Gary Payton. Okay, that was legit. Where they show, where they're showing him. Showing him the videos. That's also funny. That's- it's so funny. Like Gary Payton's talking about. Oh, I knew we had his ass. I was all up in him. He had problems with me, and Jordan is watching this on the iPad, cracking up. The Jordan, Jordan is making a late push on becoming the most meme memed athlete ever. For sure. Right, like crying Jordan is top five me ever. <laughs> like this whole thing, it ruined LeBron not only legacy wise, right? People are all like, "Oh, Jordan," but one of one of LeBron's funniest memes was him pointing at Jr. Smith, yeah, right? And that's now been replaced with anything Jordan has done on this documentary. the The best one to me was when he's watching that video and he's like, "I never had any issues with the glove." And someone, and someone like quote tweeted that clip on, on Twitter, and it was a, something along the lines. I'm not doing it justice, but something along the lines of O.J. Simpson and Michael Jordan have something in common. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw that, I, I thought that was incredible. Like the, the the memes have been like watching this with like with people like live tweeting it. Like that's been the the best part for me. Okay, I'm going to give you a story, all right, and then uh, we'll do that in a second regarding Jordan being an a-hole. But first, I want to get your opinion on something. The best shoes you've seen in the documentary so far? Ooh. I asked the tough questions, Jose. You do ask tough questions. (laughs) Now I'm trying to scan through my brain all the shoes I've seen. We've seen the – have we seen the the Scottie Pippen up tempos in the documentary series? Uh, I can't, I don't think so. No, I don't think we have. When he goes back to the garden to wear the Chicago ones, when I know he, he they probably were uncomfortable with shit, and they're, uh, I can't imagine hooping in Jordan ones. Never. Uh, and I've never owned a pair of Chicago ones. I've never owned a pair of red ones either. So if uh, you got a pair in a size eight that you are selling for a reasonable price at Par J94, holla at me. Uh, what else? The Olympic sevens have always been fire to me that he, the, the, they're in an episode. The most fire thing to me, like clothing wise, like that has been the, the jumpsuit, like not the jumpsuit, the, like the pattern shirt and short combo. Uh, the Olympics one? Yeah, that he wore in the Olympics yeah. and that Olympics basketball shirt that I've, I've actually been looking for it. I can't find it anywhere. I love the Olympic, the Olympic Jordans are the best. I think those are just, they just add, they just add such a good color palette to the shoe that I, I love those. Like the Olympic sevens. Yeah. I, I regret not getting those. Those, uh, they retroed it. What? Two years ago, three years ago. I feel like it's been more, but they'll probably retro it like in two years. I hope so, man. That's a great looking shoe. Okay. So I have a story for you and I want to get your opinion on this. And just to let you guys know a little behind the scenes, I'm probably going to be using this clip to promote the podcast. All right. So if you see this story, act like this is your first time and then share it. Okay. Cause I'm going to clip it and I'll share it the next day on Twitter and on Facebook and give people's thoughts like, Hey, on a, on a scale of Scott Burrell to Jordan, how big of an asshole was I? All right. So something like that. All right. So okay. keep that in mind when I tell you this story. Okay. So we've heard about how competitive Jordan is, right? We've heard about all the things the things he's done, the him being a bad teammate, but at the end of the day, it turns out he's a good teammate because he's pushing people. Um, you know, I still play in rec league basketball, sure. right? And 
I'll be honest with you, your boy isn't as good anymore. All right. You washed, okay. All right. I'm a little washed when I'm playing in the super competitive ones. I, mm-hmm. I'm a role player. All right. I know my role is make a good pass, play a little defense, grab a little rebound, give a little pep talk, and then we go home, we make the drive, we listen to a podcast, boom, easy night, ready to go. So a couple of years ago, um, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Like, okay, I'm I'm recapturing some of this. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm getting I'm getting a few buckets here. And one of my teammates who, you know, he's he's like the eighth guy on the bench. And it's not like I'm like way up or anything. It's like I'm probably the sixth or maybe the fifth starter. But he's probably the eighth guy on the bench, and we love him, Imran. He's the best, like one of the nicest guys, plays his ass off, great guy, never complains about playing time does everything we all root for him to succeed he's like scott burrell like we want him to succeed right and do we pick on him yes we pick on him all right that's what imran and he's a great sport about it so we're playing in a rec league game we have like a five point lead from what i remember i'm sure he's going to correct me when he hears this or sees this we have a five point lead it's a double bonus so what that means in rec league basketball you get fouled you get two free throws all right so he has the ball. I think there were only five people who showed up to that game, and Imran was one of them. You know, we really needed this win, so I'm stressing out as is. And Imran has the ball. They foul him. For whatever the reason, the referees don't know who was fouled because oh. it's all brown guys. So oh, that's course, Yeah, right? Like, hey, it's all good. I get it. We all look alike. So I go to the free throw line and say, hey, Imran, it's okay. I got this. Like, don't worry. I'll take care of it. You don't worry about your free throws. I'll shoot the free throws because your boy was feeling good that day. And Imran's like, hey, I I got fouled. These are my free throws. And he's like, This is this would be my chance to get points, you know, like and and be and have an impact on winning. And I was like, Imran, I got this. (laughs) No, you didn't. And the referee's like, who's shooting? Uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, it was me. I got fouled. So I walk up. Imran is still, I mean, he is flabbergasted. He's like, what just happened? Why did this ass just take my free <laughs> We always pick on him, and he's a great, like, he is the best teammate. He's a great sport about it. I walk up to the free throw line. He's <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? And I promptly miss both free throws. <laughs> I missed both of them. That was the most a-hole thing I've ever done. Every single birthday, Imran sends me a tweet saying, hey, happy birthday, but I'll never forget the moment you were the worst teammate ever, took my free throws, and promptly missed missed both of them. Happy birthday, Doe. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Bigger a-hole, me or Michael Jordan? Uh, Michael, but it's not by much. <laughs> That's like Scottie Pippen uh, refusing to go into the game because Kuko just taking the last shot. That's that level. <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever done as a bas- as a teammate, as a basketball player. I've had horrible moments. Don't worry oh, about that. He's st- he. Every time I see him, man, like he reminds me, and rightfully so. And I tell him, Imran, you should never let me lift this down because it's the worst thing I've done. I showed no trust oh, in my teammates. Man. I then missed the free throws. <laughs> it was the worst. So there's my little story. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll post this later. I'm so embarrassed about it still. Um, but yeah, that's my little Michael Jordan story. But to be fair, I grew up watching Michael and Kobe. So you're supposed to be a holes, all right? Oh my so god, that's so for anybody that's hating on me. That's what you're supposed to do as a teammate. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> Okay, I want to do a thing with you real quickly. Where did my phone go? Sorry, buddy. I don't know where I put my phone. There he goes. Okay, I want to do a thing with you real quickly before we wrap this bad boy up. Uh, We still have some other stuff to get to. Speaking of Michael Jordan crossing over to baseball, it's still crazy that the best player on the planet was like, I'm done, and then promptly goes on to play baseball. Which athlete crossing over to another sport would you like to see, Jose? Hmm. I know Pat Mahomes has a history of playing baseball, so I'm curious to see what he'd do. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he'd be a good hitter, but he, I think he'd, he'd be a good fielder. Lamar Jackson for his speed, I feel like he could do a lot of things. 
maybe uh, play uh, right back or left back in soccer, a position that requires you to be faster. But I don't know what his foot control is. So I don't know if he could make the crossover. I mean, I feel like it'd have to be someone athletic, like really athletic as well. Someone like Russell Westbrook or something, someone someone uh, on those levels. I think LeBron James to the NFL as a tight end. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Like, it would be legit doable. I know we have this conversation as sports fans every, like, two years or so. I think if he legit just trained for one offseason, because you don't even have to change your body type much as a tight end. You don't have to learn that many blocking schemes. You can just be a you can just be a pass hiding spe- uh, pass catch excuse me pass catching specialist. I think who, who else you got? Russell Westbrook as a wide receiver would be Ooh, freaking unbelievable. Okay. I think he would be a monster, speedster. You know, think um, even at the slot at six two six three. Could you imagine him just being uh, right down the slot? As, as athletic as you get, I mean, he could just jump, catch anything. Um, Jordan Alvarez as a professional fighter. Okay, I'm with that. You know, I didn't think about baseball to fighting or anybody to fighting. I didn't think about the fight game. We don't really know Jordan's real age. He's supposedly 23. Is he? Is he supposedly 23? I don't remember. Baseball yeah, for so long. That's what we think. Who knows? <laughs> that would be a good one. He, he's got the reach. I feel like he's 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 massive. No one else would want to be in the ring with him. Russell Westbrook fighting would be pretty damn legit. But the problem would be at 6'3", how much does Russell Westbrook weigh? Two, maybe 200 or less than that, 195? Look that up. You have access there? Yeah. Listen at 200. 200 pounds? Yeah. He would have to cut down to 185, maybe 175. That's a tough division. Like, those, those are some tough fighters. So, I don't... And of course, the training side of things to learn the ground game would it takes it's going to take him legit a good four years before yeah. he's he's anything worth a damn on the ground. So that's tough. Be, that's the thing with cool. fighting, man. Like the ground game is so hard. It is because those are feelings and angles that nobody experiences except for, I think, offensive linemen and defensive linemen in the NFL and football players, uh, obviously anybody at any level, they understand the leverage points. They understand when your hips go one way, what part of your body is going to follow. They could make a pretty good uh, transition over to fighting. Ooh. So like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's fighting. I would not want to fight Aaron Donald. You don't want to catch anything from him, right? Like those are heavy hands. I, um, Dwayne Brown, when he was on the Texans and I was in the locker room, I was close with a lot of guys. We were supposed to come. He was supposed to come train with me one day Oh shit! and, and work Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But uh, I think he just got busy and all that stuff. But he was dead ass serious. I was like, dude, Dwayne, you have got to come do this in the off season because that's when I first started doing stuff with Richard Burmaster and Chad Kite and, uh, uh and Joe Solis and Jason Solis out of uh, Sugarland MMA. And I was like, you just need to get in. James Casey was going to try. He tried boxing and, and rolling as well. Now Arian Foster does it. Brian Cushing really? rolls and does Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I can't even imagine how hard that is because they've got that natural strength. Um, Arian does. We all know what happened with uh, with Brian Cushing. I don't know if it's all you know natural, but uh, allegedly, who knows? Um but that would be nuts, man. Having some of those NFL guys fight, and if they, let's say they retired at 26 after their first contract and said, I'm going to go fight, I think it would be a beast. Like Greg Hardy over the weekend just won UFC oh, 249. Won. Yeah. So, you know, and he's had some issues up and down stuff, but uh, I think that would be interesting to get some of those guys fighting. I'm sure there's a lot of people that want to fight Greg Hardy. Yeah, there are. Juan Adams, one of our one of our loyal listeners and friend of mine, wanted to fight Greg Hardy so badly, man. Um, and it just didn't work out. So what do you do? But uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are, are not happy with Greg Hardy. So, all right. Uh, I think one that would legit work out, Steve Nash, as a soccer player. Oh, yeah. That's he, could have made it. he could have easily made it if he tried. Yeah, he, he I think he does. Uh, he's a studio stuff for Turner now. 
uh, as a as a soccer analyst now for the Champions League. Now that Turner has a Champions League. Um. Okay, I've got some news here for you. Wow, you put a lot on the rundown. I like it. Look at you, little buddy. I love it. Let's get some of your stories. Set them up. All right. So, uh, which one do I want to hit? Oh, so uh, John Krasinski has been doing his his uh, his show. It's a, I don't remember the name of the show off the top of my head. Do you remember? Yeah, good stuff. Good yeah, good, good news only. And today, uh, they had a really sweet moment where uh, he he was talking to a couple that's getting married, and they recreated the scene of the office from Jim and Pam's wedding. Oh. Where, where with the Chris Brown song and everyone's da- dancing, and he Zoom calls most of the members of the Office cast, and they were all doing. I don't know. Did you get a chance to see the video? I have did not seen that yet. No. And uh, so there, there's been that Parks and Rex did did a, a special, which I don't know if you got a chance to watch. I actually enjoyed it. A lot of people uh, in my circle of friends that watched Parks and Rex didn't like it, but I. I really enjoyed it. It was, was really it awesome. interviews or was it like a show? Like like no, it was Parks and, Rec, Parks and Rec did a show. They did a reunion wow. special where there where Leslie Nope is calling all of them to see how their quarantine is going. Okay. And it was it was it was funny. I, I enjoyed it. Uh community is about to do a table read where uh where they're going to read the script to one of the most iconic community shows. And uh, I can't remember specifically which one. Uh, it is Donald Glover will be on that on that. They've actually already filmed it and they did a special podcast for it. Uh, so the question I was going to ask you is, first off, what are your thoughts on on uh, all of these? Like, have you watched any of them? You clearly haven't seen the office one. You haven't seen the Parks and Rec one. And building off of that, what would you want to see? Like which which show or what maybe band or whatever? Like, would you want to see do something like that? Um, I haven't seen any of these yet, but I will check them out. Uh, I want to watch the office stuff. I do want to watch Parks and Rec. Uh, you know, like anytime I see those trending, I'm almost over it. I'm like, oh, what, what is this going to be? What celebrity thing is this? I didn't know that they actually did a whole show. I thought it was just like, hey, look at this. Like, check us out. And no, they did a whole episode. It aired oh, on cool. NBC gonna... and everything. I'll go watch that. I'll go back and watch that for sure. It's on Hulu now. It's, it's can, on Hulu? You can watch it on YouTube uh, for free, or it's also on Hulu. If you have a Hulu subscription, you guys can check it out on Hulu. I I would love – this is an easy cop-out one for me. Breaking Bad? No, because we got El Camino. El Camino, yeah. we you know, like we got everything we needed, in my opinion. I don't – like everything, I'm happy. I'm happy, and I can't wait to rewatch El Camino. By the way, once I finish Breaking Bad, the rewatch. But um, the one that I really want to see, and I want to know how everyone's doing, and it would like complete. It would complete me, and my heart will be full. Friday Night Lights. Oh damn! I didn't even think about that. You know, I I want to know how is Taylor doing? How is Coach Taylor doing? How is are they still uh, in Philadelphia? Huh? Are they still in Philadelphia? Yeah. What happened? Did they move? Did he end up working with Jim at his company? Like, what if they recruited? Because Jim was in Philadelphia for a bit, right? Wait, so you're you're asking for a crossover with The Office? I don't know what's going to happen. Who knows? (laughs) I I really want a Friday Night Lights uh, reunion. I'm so confused. Jim, who the fuck is Jim? I don't know. Jim remember. from the office. Yeah. What was your company called? Uh, athlete. Athlete. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah. Hey, what if, what if they recruited coach Taylor to come work <laughs> for athlete? What's yours? My easy cop out is breaking bad. I don't know what specifically I would want it to be. Like my other one would be community and they're already doing that. And I think I, I have this feeling that they're going, we're finally going to get the community movie now that community is on Netflix and it's doing so damn well uh, uh, with with streaming uh, on on Netflix now. Which, if we got the movie, that would be a dream because I love that show so much. I need to rewatch Community. I really like. I loved it when it first came out, but I forgot everything about that show. Oh, dude, it's Dan Dan Harmon at at uh, at his best. Uh, which you've never seen Rick and Morty, have you? Uh, I have seen parts of it. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, Dan Dan Harmon, uh, the creative community, created Rick and Morty. That's his. That's his. That's his child now. What Josh, other? Josh, by the way, said Jim and Pam moved to Austin. So what if there was a crossover? 
it could work. This crossover could work. Friday Night Lights in the office. Who knows? But but Coach Taylor was in Dillon, Dillon, Texas, not in Austin, Texas. Oh, that's right. They just used Austin. Yeah. But they always went to Austin. A lot of people, like, remember, they would do scenes in Austin. You got that job uh, at that that school in, in Austin and you quit. The quarterback coach yeah. job. Oh, yeah. Texas State. It's what was it? State of Texas School or Some something. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I remember that. Um, Okay, uh, music-wise, who would I like to see? I Okay, I got one. It, 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 you can't do a relaunch of a group that never really did more than two songs, but uh, Child Rebel Soldiers. Oh, that's a fucking good one, yeah. Kanye, Kanye. Lupe, and uh, Pharrell. That's a good one. Like, Us Placers is a freaking beautiful song. Man, that, that's, that's a good one. They had that, Us Placers and Child Rebels. Was it Child of Rebel Soldiers? The yes. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, that was a, that's a good one. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of one where, where there isn't like a dead member or anything. Here's one. Uh, Josh says, Jose probably wants a Friends reunion. Oh, Friends. He knows <laughs> I don't like Friends. That's why he said that. Was I the first person to make it popular to hate on Friends? Oh, shut up. You didn't invent that. That's not your thing. Absolutely, I did. That is not your thing. I was on that. I'm not even joking. I was on that in 2009. <laughs> you were. I was on it the day the series premiered. <laughs> I was on the Friends hate because I was doing a show with John Harris, who's now the sidelines reporter of the Houston Texans. Name drop. What? Um but John Harris and I were doing a show and he used to talk about friends. And I was like, friends is the worst show ever. And I would argue with him. I would lay out points why it's the worst show ever. Was it a bit to you or what, did you mean it at that? No, point? I truly meant it. I truly meant that it was the worst show ever. I watched it growing up, but then when I got a taste of real comedy <laughs> and then your palate gets, you know, defined a little bit more, you like, wait, why did I think it was funny? When you watch it against a show like The Office, when you watch it against a show like It's Always Sunny, uh, you know, um, King of the Hill even, you're like, wait, that's comedy. Friends was just, it was manufactured comedy for everyone. It was a, it was a Macy's comedy. Was it for everyone? It was for everyone. Was it for everyone? Minorities love, loved it too. Wow. That, you don't become the number one show ever. Without the support of minorities. Yeah, yeah, friend sucks, and he knows friend sucks. That's why he's saying that. <laughs> what other? Uh, one more story before we get out of here. Uh, do you want to talk about Ozark? Hell I yeah! You wanted to talk about Ozark. Tell me your yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that show is so incredible, man. So I'm I'm only like two episodes into season two, but it's 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 I've seen people give it the the Breaking Bad treatment, which last couple of weeks ago. Uh, I told y'all how I feel about uh, Money High Speed compared to Breaking Bad. You don't compare anything to Breaking Bad with me. I don't like that. But damn, it's a fucking good show. Yes. It oh, is. Amanda Steve made a tw- made a Facebook. He did? What? He's on the chat right now. Land of oh. Steve. Land of Leave. Oh, Steven. Oh, my God. You're right. Oh, I, oh, thought, that was a, I thought that was a troll. Nice. <laughs> so uh, I lost my train of thought because of oh, that. Dark. You, you you love Ozark. You're okay to have the conversation that Ozark is in the same ballpark as Breaking Bad. Not, I don't know if, if I'm ready to. I'm ready. I'm 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 ready to entertain it. I'm not ready to make a case for it yet. Okay. But like the the my one of my favorite things about that, other than Ruth, I think Ruth is the best character on the show. Is how like how how easy it is for them to kill people off. Which spoiler alert, like if if you're listening to this podcast, also. These, these episodes we're talking about are like three years old now. Like killing off Dell, I was so shocked by that. Mm-hmm. Like Dell was one of the strongest characters on the show. Like he was legitimately a scary character. And I, I legitimately gasped, gasped when they killed him off, when the opioid people killed him off. Yeah. Wait, and, wait. You're only one at, uh, one season or are you caught I'm, up? I'm, I'm a season and a quarter. Oh. I'm, I've watched three episodes into season two. It is just like, holy shit. Like, Boy. Fuck these characters. Don't get invested in these characters because we're gonna fucking kill them off. You just wait. Uh Ruth, her arc continues to get better and better. I'm not gonna tell you anything else because I don't want to spoil it, but man, just wait. And season three, the way it ends. Cliffhanger. It's uh 
you're gonna like it. If you if you like season one, you're gonna love season three. Season two drags a little bit, in my opinion, but season three, man, the show, show does drag a little bit. Yeah, they, they don't have yeah. to be a fucking hour long. It's a fucking marathon watching the show. I've told Ooh. I told this to Nuno, and yes, thank you, uh, El Jefe. I was first on the Better Call Saul is as good, if not better, than Breaking Bad Train. I was the first public one, and then. All of a sudden, a lot of Ringer staff writers started writing. I'm like, hey, I'm look, confirmed. I should work for the Ringer. You're the Ringer uh, whisperer. Uh, but to me, this show is awesome, right? Like, it's it, it, Ozark is great. Awesome show, all that stuff. But there, it, it's not Breaking Bad quality. It's not, it's not that good. Even though Breaking Bad, rewatching it again, Jose, it is slow, and that was one of the knocks on Better Call Saul. Like, hey, this show is a little slow. So was Breaking Bad. There were a lot of slow moments. I think the, the peaks were so high, you forget about all the uh, yes. all, all the slow stuff on. on. And that's, that's that's the thing with this show too. Like the peaks, when when the mo- when shit goes goes down, it fucking goes down. Then you're gonna love the ending of season three. It's it goes down. It goes really down. You're gonna love it. I don't know if I'll be done with it by the time we talk again. That it's such a long show. Yeah, who knows? But no, we'll, we'll just take notes. Let me know whenever something interesting happens, and uh, we'll talk about it because I can't wait. Hey, okay, we are done. We are approaching an hour plus here, and thank you everyone for listening. I appreciate it. The numbers are are pretty good. We're on. We're tr- we're trending up. Let me go on the camera. Trending up. Um, but we still need your support. Please continue to listen. Spread the show. If you don't want to donate, it's okay. It's just an option. If you want to donate a dollar, do it. Just a dollar. If everyone donated a dollar, Jose, we could pay for the staff. All right? That's it. So I appreciate everyone donating. But please spread the show because the more people find out about it, the more they listen, the better it is, not only for the show, the popularity, but also – because it's going to help out with everything when it comes with the ads attached to this show. Um, hey, check this out. We've got some donations that came in on this episode. Or shout outs, all right? Because that's what we're all about. We're going to shout out our people. Uh, thank you so much to Glenn George. Thank you for uh, donating, Luke. I appreciate that as well. So live donation, live shout outs. That's how we do it, all right? <laughs> with the telemarketer headset. There it is. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say something. My new mic comes in tomorrow. You look like you're about to hop on Xbox Live. Bro, Thanks my new mic, too. I know. I'm so <laughs> done with this headset because it's all my it's this is like eight years old. It's it's falling <laughs> apart. I've got black stuff all over my ear. I look like I'm a I'm a gamer. My new one looks like I'm an NPR podcast host. So oh, that's going to be amazing to see that. Uh, our next show is going to be Wednesday, May 13th at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time with AT&T Sports uh, sideline reporter Julia Morales and soon-to-be mom Julia Morales. She announced that on Instagram, so I'll talk to her. I'm going to give her the parent talk and all that good stuff. So we will do that. And then Friday is a wild card episode. It's going to be at some point. We don't know. Make sure you subscribe to the uh, Apple podcast feed or if you are on anchor.fm on anchor, subscribe there as well. Jose, thank you so much, buddy. It was nice talking to you. Thank you for providing some kind of see my life. Absolutely. All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening.